0: So last week we started, just a recap, we started our mini Christmas series of uh, Christmas Rewired, kind of a continuation of our series we did throughout the fall of Church Rewired. And we started off with kind of a bang, with kind of just addressing all the things Christmas is not really what it is, and it's about making Jesus known, period. And it's not seasonal, it's every day. We're very good at compartmentalizing things so that we can somehow get a hold of it and understand it because tangible things are easier for us to grasp than the heavenly things. And in John 3, which is what we went through uh, last week, we see, we see that Jesus even says, how are you going to understand heavenly things if you can't even understand the earthly things I'm showing you? And so everything about Christmas and his birth and interjection into the world is about making him known. Our lives are to make him known. I think that's a cool thing. And we've talked about that Jesus has to become our magnificent obsession. And we've talked about what obsessed people are like. Have you been obsessed about something? Right. And when you're in that season of obsession, it's kind of all you talk about, isn't it? I mean, I remember in high school, I was obsessed with wrestling, and that's all I would talk about. It got me lots of dates. Not really. It's funny, we have, in, uh, in just a couple of days, we have the new Star Wars movie coming out. Who's excited about that? Anybody? Star? Okay. All right. When you're a Star Wars fan, you become obsessed. And when you meet someone that has never seen it, whoa, oh, Look out. Okay. Raise your hand again if you're a Star Wars fan. All right. Have you, asked someone, have you met someone that has not seen Star Wars? And how do you respond? No, let me change that. How do you react? Yeah. Shocked. Shocked. I found out my best friend for, of like 15 years had never seen it. And I went, <gasps> Because there's an obsession that can happen, and everyone needs to be a part of that obsession. We make our obsessions known to people, do we not? So what happens if Jesus becomes our magnificent obsession? Everybody's going to know about it, one way or the other, whether you talk about it, whether you act it out. I mean, you've got Star Wars, I'm going to say it, geeks, because that's what they are, right? And I'm one of them, and you'll look on Facebook, and they'll, they won't say a word, they'll just do lightsaber fights, and all of a sudden, you're part of their obsession, and we don't have to say anything. When we love on people in the name of Jesus, when we give our time, when we give our resources, and we don't even say a word, we are inviting people into that obsession, because it's what drives us. We are God's obsession. That's why He sent Jesus into the world, so that we can be with Him for eternity and make him known to other people, so that they are invited into life everlasting. That's a pretty cool obsession. That's the magnificent obsession that we're talking about. Something to learn from Star Wars fans, yeah? (laughs) This morning we're going to talk about another thing that is prominent around this season. I was listening to a Christian radio station the other day, and some of it can be a little goopy for me. Do you know what I mean by that? Like there's no problems in the world, and it's just kind of, and that's not faulty, but it just for me, it just I react. And I heard someone talking about Christmas, and was, they were inviting callers to come in. And so this guy was sharing a story. He was sharing a testimony about he just gave stuff away. And I can't remember if it was people in need or it was just... Uh, no, he was baking things for people. And he said, Christmas is all about giving things to people. That's what it's about. It's, it's about giving things to people... And then he said the statement, it's amazing how much it gives you when you give. Now, there's some truth to that. But then there's that that kind of crooked path we can take where we give because it gives us identity, because it makes us feel good that we have some worth. And I think it starts from a really good place, because as we'll see, we are told that giving is better than what? Receiving. That's what we're told, and I believe it's true. But sometimes what happens is what starts out as a really pure intention, we can see how it can affect, and then it becomes something that we get rather than something we give. And then you look in our culture, and you got materialism all over the place, which I'm not going to really address because that's just a symptom of a greater issue. Because I don't, I don't think Jesus is freaked out about materialism he, he wants to know the condition of our hearts, and are we going to make him known through giving and what giving really looks like? Well, to, I'm going to skip around today in, in Scripture because there's so much on this topic that we could go over. And I, to be honest, was overwhelmed thinking about this because um, when you think about giving, there's so many places we can go. But remember this, remember this, if you fall asleep and don't listen to anything else I say today which is possible, okay? Bottom line, everything we do, everything we do, every breath we take, every relationship we step into, every job position we step into, every ministry, whatever, it's all about making Jesus known, okay? It's all about making him known. So when we look at giving, when we look at receiving, when we look at that whole process, it has to come from a place of making him absolutely known, That's our goal. And it isn't just one way in which that can happen. It's not just talking about them. It's living them out. It's the little things. It's the big things and all in between. There's a variety of ways that Jesus has made known in our lives through giving. Giving usually costs something, does it not? Whether you buy a gift, it costs you finances. Whether you make a gift, it costs you time and energy. Whether the gift is being present with someone in grief, it's costing you time and energy and emotional output because you're with someone in their pain. But do you think that makes Jesus known? Yeah, all of those things. Because it costs something when you give something. And that's the beauty of giving. That's why we are told that Jesus says it's better to give than to receive. Because then we have a connection with God's heart. Because what did he do? He gave his one and only son. Did it cost him? Yeah, you bet it did. But then what happens when a gift is in place, it breathes life. It breathes life. And it's meant to make him known. So no matter what your traditions are, no matter, uh, I'm all about the gift giving. I think it's great. But if it becomes about the gifts and just receiving for the sake of yourself, then we're losing sight on what giving is and what receiving is. When I was looking through Scripture, you know, you kind of can fall into the embedded understanding of what Christmas has been, what you've been taught, in other words. And I even find myself, when the Lord's saying, hey, it's all about me, let's make them known, I still go to, what is the... uh, cliche like Christmas passage I can use for giving and I couldn't find one that satisfied and instead God gave me one that I felt was complicated and confusing for me above my pay grade and uh, but I think it's important for us to look at if you have your Bibles that's great if you don't it's all right I'm I'm, just I'm gonna read to you and I just want you to listen I want you to practice receiving the gift of the Word of God this morning Is that good can we do that? Um, We're going to take a look at Acts chapter 20, and uh, this is not a stereotypical Christmas passage, but it is something that is vital, and here we have Paul's journey, and he's outside uh, Ephesus, and he's meeting with the elders of Ephesus, and this will be the last time he sees them before he makes his way to Jerusalem, and he leaves them with these words, and we see a phrase that Paul uses in Philippians and 1 Corinthians about running the race to what? What's, finish the sentence. We run the race to what? To win, right? To finish the race, to finish strong, to finish well. And he says in verse 22 through 24, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that the prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider it my life worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task to testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Isn't that awesome? Let me read that one more time. I consider my life worth nothing. Starting in verse 24, I just want this part. I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given, given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. His task is what? What does it mean to finish the race? Well, I've always wondered that. <laughs> does it mean you just give it all you got and you put all the energy into it? What what does it mean? And we hear it. Right here at the very end, the task of testifying, making something known based off your experience or encounter, making something known. Does that sound pretty familiar? (laughs) Paul is saying to finish the race well, I need to continue in every moment I've got because it's about him and not me is what he says by my, my life is nothing to me. It's everything to him. It's nothing to me if I do not make him known. His desire is to make him known. And then if we fast forward a little bit, a few verses, he's talking to these elders and he's saying that I didn't covet material things. I didn't covet silver and gold. It was all about Jesus. And I'm pouring myself out. And these elders are really disturbed because they know this will be the last time they see Paul. And this passage ends in them crying because they know that this is the last time they'll see his face. And this is what he ends with, what he says to them. It is, more, it is more blessed to give than to receive. He says that Jesus says this. Now, the interesting thing is that that phrase is nowhere in the Gospels. This is the encounter Paul has had with some of the teachings and, and heard that Jesus had said this and it become a staple in that, in that time with the apostles. So we don't hear Jesus say it in the Gospels, but Paul has heard it. It is, it is more a blessing to give than to receive, and Paul has given all he's got to make Jesus known. That is the essential key to giving. You give all that you got, everything that you have. When we look in Mark uh, chapter 12, 41 through 44, we see the widow's offering at the temple and Jesus sitting out there and people are putting their offerings and here comes a woman who's got, got less than what a penny is worth, but it's all she has. She gives it up and, and what is the response? Jesus is like, whoa, take a look. Look at this, look what's going on. She doesn't have much in your eyes, but that's everything she has to make me known. We don't we don't give our life and all that we have to to a God that is not known to us. And by doing that, she made him known to his disciples who are always around him, even in a deeper way. Because it goes more than remember, being known is more than just being introduced. Okay? It means more than being introduced. It's not just so I just introduce people to Jesus. It's now so that I help them live and know him more deeply. That's discipleship 101. We encounter Jesus. We step into salvation. And now the real work begins. Now we have the opportunity to know him better and to make him known. So it goes beyond introductions. So the disciples are living with Jesus, introduced to him, and this woman just modeled what it means to really, truly give. And it made Jesus known even more deeply to the people around him that should know him best. Because some of us think we don't have a lot to give. Has anyone ever felt that way other than me? I don't don't have a lot to offer. I don't have a lot to give. Well, I'm going to tell you now that's a lie. I like calling out lies, don't I, Sharon? (laughs) Oh, come on, that was funny. (laughs) I only tease people I love dearly. Uh, So, what was I just saying? (laughs) But sometimes we don't feel we have a lot. But if you've got breath, you've got something to give. You do. I'm telling you, God is taking me to school every day as a parent, (laughs) every single day. And this past uh, weekend, I had opportunity to just hang out with my daughter, Grace, for a while, just she and I, and we're running around our kitchen table and playing a game called Get You, and, you know, tagging her and all that stuff, and we have got wood floors, and I'm in socks, and I'm in those fuzzy ones, you know, the ones that, like, really slip. So she makes a tight, tight turn just like this, and I'm like, easy peasy, and I, my feet go out from under me, and I land on my head and my shoulder, and I'm like, boom, done, and all she sees, Daddy's hurt. Now, she doesn't have much she can do to help me, does she? No, but she goes with what she got, so she goes, and she gets her toy doctor set, and she says to me, Daddy, just lay there. Don't, don't move. I'll take care of you, just lay there. So she comes over and she's got the little, what's the thing that checks your reflex? I don't know what it's called. Little rubber hammer thing. And she goes, all right, daddy, I'm going to check your knees. And she'll bam, bam, bam. You know, she's doing all this stuff. Doesn't understand this is hurting me. And so (laughs) checks my heart, checks my ears, checks my eyes and is doing all this stuff. And she goes, okay, I'm going to pray for you, daddy. And she prays for me. She goes, you're better now, get up. (laughs) And I got up. Which takes me to Acts 3, one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. Because it comes from a guy, for all intents and purposes, should be written off if we were to continue to be slaves under the law. A guy that Jesus reestablished, and that's Peter. And Peter sees a man broken who needs healing and is begging for money. And he says, well, what he doesn't say is, you know what, I got a great Christmas gift for you. It's all wrapped pretty and nice. I've got all these things. I've got all these wonderful, beautiful, shiny things I can help you with. No, he doesn't say that because I don't have any of that stuff. I don't got any money. I don't have those kind of resources that can help you necessarily Get food in your belly and a better situation. But hey, you can't walk. But guess what? I'll give you what I do have. I will give you what I do have. In the mighty name of Jesus, get up and walk. (laughs) Greatest example of the authority and power of Jesus in the Christian human being we have so much to give that will make him known, that will do more than silver and gold can do. Now, does that mean giving gifts and all that stuff is bad? By no means. When it becomes your Lord, yes, that's bad. When it becomes your idol, yes, that's bad. But giving gifts is a good thing. But remember where the giving spirit comes from. And what the purpose is. When the wise men came and they brought gifts, we focus on the Christmas story on the gifts that were given. Do we not? They came bearing what? Gifts. But we forget how far they traveled. We forget how long it took to get there. We forget that now they're condemned to death because they betrayed Herod so that they could get to the one who's made himself known. It wasn't about the gifts that were wrapped in nice. It was about the fact that they put everything on the line because they knew he was the one. Everything on the line. Whether they knew it or not, their lives belonged to Jesus because they said until death, I'm getting there right to where you are. I wonder what did Jesus what would Jesus think was more valuable to him? The frankincense and myrrh or the fact they put everything on the line cuz they had to get where Jesus is and they had to make him known. It wasn't a question. It wasn't a question of if. They had to. This stuff is really, really, really messed with me. Because I look at my race and I think about what can I give that I haven't give, given? What can I offer that I have not offered? And I don't know if you've been down that road but it can be a really tumultuous, challenging road because sometimes we leave the real good stuff sitting on the shelf because it might cost us a little too much. Jesus wants the good stuff. He wants all of that and puts us in relationship with people. The reason why he calls us to make him known is so people can have access to the good stuff. Every single one of you has a story, and it's worth something, and it's going to make him known. And if we hold on to that, we're holding on to the greatest gift. We cannot afford to hold on to the greatest gift and keep it for ourselves because it's meant to be shared, and that's the name of Jesus Christ. The power of Jesus will wipe away all the things that are around us. It seem like they're making everything dark. And how can we get out? By giving them what we got. Because it doesn't matter race. It doesn't matter religion. It doesn't matter any of those things. We're his before any of those take us. We're his children before we're a slave to any of those things. And he's calling us to make him known in all those places. That is one of the greatest gifts that we can give the world around us, especially in this time, in this season, where Christmas needs to be about Jesus always, every day. I think so often, I'm just going to close with this, I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm going to close with this. I, anyone listen to Christian music, or Christian music, uh, Christmas music, Throughout the entire month, it's just like playing all over the place. Okay. Well, Shanna is, I I never did that really growing up, and Shanna just loves it. And I've learned to love it. Just, you know, putting it on and all that stuff. And then I started to realize that today, there are no, unless you're a Christian musician, there are no Christmas songs that are about Jesus. There might be one or two. I mean, I, I don't know every song in the world. But you don't hear them, and so I, I listened to stuff in the 40s and the 50s that were the cultural thing, and it was about Jesus. And then I would start thinking and going in my mind, man, I wish I could have lived back there where I just kind of had more freedom for things to be about what they should be about and all this stuff. And then I go down this spiral and I remove myself from where I am to go to somewhere where I'll never be. And then I realize, wait a minute, we're called for such a time as this. We have a word on our hearts to give to people, to make Jesus known, a beautiful name, a name above all names, where there's no more of this chaos and murder and confusion and racial tensions. It's all about Jesus, and he brings peace, and he brings quiet in the midst of the storm. And he chooses to do it through us. So my challenge to you is to answer the call to make them known in whatever way you can and whatever gift you've got sitting on the shelf that you've been holding on to. It's time to give it. Because we can go on social media and rant about all the things we want. We can go say all the things we want. But if we're not out there showing people the Jesus that lives within us, that we would travel so far and give our lives for, We're wasting our time if we do otherwise. And I know in my heart, I don't want to leave the best stuff God has given me on the shelf anymore. And I don't want that for us as a church family because I believe that this church family, as we walk with Jesus, will change this world. And we may not see it, but we will sow into it and God will have his way. Let's pray. God, I am humbled, and I don't use that word lightly, by how much, first of all, how much you love me and how much you love each person in this room. And the life you have given us a life that is by no means easy and without its hardships but with its hardships, an opportunity to watch you move and redeem and speak life so that we can testify, as Paul did, so that we can make you known. In a way, we can look at someone and say, I don't have all these things, but here's who I do have. Get up and walk, in Jesus' name. Lord, I just ask, in Jesus' name, that you would help us identify the things that we've been holding back that you want us to allow people access to, that we can give to them in a way that will make you so intimately known in their lives, that will bring transformation beyond just introductions, but now a a lifelong journey of of intimacy and, and grace and mercy and power and fun and joy. That's what we want to give to this world We think sometimes the things in this world are too big for us to make a difference. You're the one that makes the difference. We just have to make you known. We can do that. So have your way in us and through us. We ask a blessing over our offering. And you say, giving is a spiritual act of worship. And it's not just for tithing. It's for all things. You love a cheerful giver. We thank you for the situation you're in, but I know that, or that we're in. But we just ask that you continue to take us deeper into your presence and that we continue to ask you, Lord, what do you want to say to me? Everything I have is yours money, time, relationships. Everything, because you're worthy. You're worthy. So I thank you. I thank you that you are doing a work. Sometimes it's hard to see, but we know that you are. Here we are. Use us for your will and your glory so that you may be known throughout the nations. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All for, you. All for me, all for you. Thrones. How many you lords have been?